0: Welcome back guys, gals and non-binary pals. This is another episode right. of the Cinematch podcast. What, do you like the new intro?
1: <laughs> I wouldn't expect it, I'm not going to lie.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm on a new computer. I've got frames for some of my posters. I haven't put them up yet, but I've got frames for some of my posters. I'm in a good mood. I thought I'd try to switch it up a bit. I've got a lamp here so it's brighter. It's all fucking, it's all fresh this week. Um, so yeah, new intro there. This is the Cinemax Podcast, the show where we take different movies every episode and debate slash rate them. My name is Cal Altimus, and I am one of your hosts and joining me as he does every episode is Mr Nathan Sackle-Hanna. How are you, sir?
1: I just did a massive yawn as he was introducing me. Yeah, and I'm not... putting
0: right my energy into it as well.
1: <laughs> it is me, just not good. No, I'm good. I'm knackered. I pulled me back again yesterday, so I've just been like bedridden as much as possible so every time I move it's like utter pain so I'm just trying to stay perfectly still.
0: How did you manage that? Uh,
1: I was on the toilet and I turned around to reach the toilet paper and I just felt a massive Ugh! you know you could tell
0: you're getting old even the slightest movements are doing you in.
1: And I really wish it was something cool. Yeah not. I, tried I to mean get- it
0: could have been much worse sitting on the toilet like it could have been like the world's
1: fucking toughest shit. And then if I was pushing one out, and it just fucking my back just fully went. If that if that was the one that made my back completely useless and I would never be able to walk again, I would never tell anybody that story.
0: I'd tell everybody. I think I'd take pride in it. That's a hell of a fucking story. That's <laughs> like just one off Elvis dying on the toilet. Yeah, which is one step
1: away. Losing um, the ability to walk. It's about the same thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, this week we're going to talk about movies from 2023 because we didn't do that enough in the last episode, apparently when we named our top tens, mm-hmm. um, we're going to bring another category carnage back. I can't actually, oh, the last one we did was the Christmas one, wasn't it? Um, several weeks ago now, maybe over a month ago. I can't actually remember, um, but we're doing a category carnage with movies from the year 2023. It's just gone. We all remember it. So with the movies fresh and red, I think we, we've already said this on the last episode, it was a really good fucking year for movies. Like it was stacked, so we've got a lot to choose from. Um, Before we get started, I'll run through the categories that we decided, just so just like let people know what we're gonna be picking. Um, The rules are simple, as we uh, have explained before. We've got ten categories. Um, we can only pick one movie. No, we, we, so we have to pick movies for each category, and we can only use each movie once. So if I take one movie for a certain category, neither of us can use it again, and it's whoever ends up with the best slate at the end, which we never actually let people decide. We just... No, we just... It's not about winning, it's about taking part.
1: Yeah, and the anger that comes from you picking something that I wanted to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, the entertainment that comes from just seeing the the life leave our eyes when I pick those. Um, But yeah, so like I said, this week, Category Carnage, 2023 movies, and the categories we're going with, is the best main character, the best supporting character, the best villain, the best overall cast, the best action scene, the best song, the best visual effects, the best fist pump moment, the best let's say best, the most heartbreaking moment. I don't think there's any best heartbreak, and the most rewatchable movie of the year. I full disclosure came up my list about three minutes ago, so I've not really got many alternatives. I huh? I keep one.
1: Around about 10 minutes ago, we're, we're
0: fine. Yeah, I just I've not got any alternatives in case any of my favorites go away, so I'm going to be almost immediately because you got the first pick as we decided off camera with the whole guess which hand the pen lids in, proper professional stuff. Um, so
1: I'm pretty sure that's how they do it in the UFC. Yeah,
0: I imagine so. Um, so yeah, we're without beating around the bush, then we might as well just get straight into it. So, with your first pick, which category are you going with and which movie?
1: Taking a big one off the board, so I'm getting there before you can. So I'm gonna go back. Best song, and I'm gonna go. I'm just Ken from the Barbie movie, taking Barbie off the board straight away. Yeah, Barbie gone immediately. Do you know what's actually, man? I had that in a
0: completely different category, so that one's fucked already. But
1: <laughs> but I'm just Ken. I was like, the Barbie soundtrack's full of absolute bangers, anyway. Like absolutely every song in that soundtrack's perfect. But the one that came out of it was. I'm just Ken. Uh, We can all play it. Us men can play it and feel like our emotions are valid uh, coming from this Barbie movie. So nothing, no other song, maybe one, but I'm not going to say it just in case it moves you on to say it. No other song this year really hit those heights. uh, That's
0: interesting because I think I might have the other song. (laughs) So my pick for best song is Dog Days Are Over. In Guardians of the Galaxy Three,
1: why would you pick that here, you son of a bitch?
0: Because I didn't want to pick it anywhere else, and I think that's a quality, quality way to end that trilogy. Like that song really got like thrust back into the zeitgeist when it when that movie came out, and everyone started reappreciating how good it is. Uh, I mean, it's always been a good song. Florence and the Machine are a, a great band, and that song it fit those closing moments perfectly for that film, like the montage seeing everyone get their own endings. It was, it was the perfect way to end the Guardians trilogy under James Gunn. Like we don't know what they're going to do with the characters in future, but it was the perfect way to end that story, and it was the best song to do it. And like you said, I'm just Ken is the probably the most iconic, especially original song to come out this year. But also,
1: I didn't expect a full-on dance number in the middle of a, in the middle of the Barbie movie. Not well, I did, but just not from the Kens. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think.
0: Aside from that, I do think the only other song that everyone really, really talked to was Dog Days Are Over um, at the end of Guardians. And that people still talk about that now and how like that song will be forever linked with that moment now. So that was my choice from number one because I had Barbie in a different category. I thought this one might be a sneaky one. I didn't know if you'd think of it. So that's why I had it down.
1: <sighs> okay, well, I feel fucked for this for some other categories now then. So I was going to go with uh Rocket's friends dying for most heartbreaking. Uh-huh. This is the only one I could think of. I'm, sh- I'm sure it was another but fuck. No. I hate you, really.
0: I'm gonna go most heartbreaking now then. Oh you son of a bitch.
1: Why <laughs> put me on the why you put me on the spot like this?
0: Because you fucking said it. No. That was your mistake. I remember it's movies that came out in the UK in 2023, right? So I'm going with the whale uh, oh, about that. The moment where Brendan Fraser's character breaks down and he's uh, crying, uh, talking about how he just wants his daughter to be, um, to to be proud of him and stuff. That moment was in the trailer, and just watching the trailer made me cry. So there's no way that wasn't the most heartbreaking moment of the year for me. Um, the film itself was heartbreaking in general, and I think like Brendan Fraser's own comeback story really added to it. And it's weird because obviously he went through so much like off screen, like in his personal life. So it felt like a redemption story for him, but it was also sad for the character. And you put it together, and I was a fucking wreck watching that movie. And the moment where he breaks dri- breaks down, like I said, the trailer, and I was fighting fucking for my life just watching the trailer. So <laughs> yeah, there's there's been some sad moments in films for, uh, throughout the year, but that is the number one
1: for me. Yeah, that is good. And it is heartbreaking. And I'm going to go a compl- I did think of one while you were talking. I'm going to go a completely different tact to how you've got it. Uh, and I'm going to go with The Flash.
0: <laughs> that was an emotional movie,
1: you're not wrong. And the most heartbreaking moment being seeing all, like, Christopher Reeves and Helen Slater and fucking Nicholas Cage and George Reeves and all them just soulless cgi i, I know we try to keep this as positive as we can but it's just, it is fucking heartbreaking to watch these people that are dead um like adam west as well like people that is adam west dead he died didn't he? yeah adam yeah dead. Like all these people that die that really can't defend themselves over the nicholas cage obviously and just soullessly put together through ai and cg to have like a big just to have a big, like, moment in a in a superhero movie that just, A, didn't pay off, B, looks shit, and C, just massively disrespectful. Um, like, there was an interview with Nicolas Cage where he was like, um, I did film some stuff for The Flash, and it wasn't CGI, and I did these things that were dead exciting, and then when he saw the movie, it was just, none of that was him. They just scanned his body and used him completely. So it's just a bit, so I'm a completely different tact, and some tactical thinking there, or well, just heartbreaking that, that that is probably like the last we'll ever see of Christopher in a, in a as Superman in a film or anything like that. It wasn't a fist pump moment. It was just fucking depressing.
0: Yeah, it was like the worst possible version of the um multiverse cameo shite that we've seen over and over in the last couple of years. Like, and I've said before that, I didn't mind The Flash, I thought it was alright, I quite enjoyed it, but that shit, even for me, doesn't I? because Christopher Reeves, I've said this before, his Superman meant so much to me, so see, I don't like that, that's like, they've brought it back, just for those last moments, like, people, like, have been dead for decades, it's like, there's, what's the aim here? Henry Cavill exists, just put him in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was, I was about to say, in a film where you bring back Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, um, For what's his name, Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller, but not like use shitty CG to show Henry Cavill rather than just bring him back and let him have an actual cameo. Just, it's just on top everything on top. I mean, I hated The Flash; it's literally the worst film of the year for me. But like that is genuinely like a heartbreaking thing to see, like how fucking disrespectfully they treated all these people. Yeah, it's a
0: weird choice to use those
1: supermen that have passed as well. When you think
0: Tom Welling from Smallville. He's still around. Um, for, I mean, maybe don't want to use Dean k but no. But what's the guy Tyler Tyler Huckley who plays him in Superman and Lois is still around. You could have used other versions. Brandon Rowe, for Christ's
1: sake. Using yeah, Brandon Rowe, They had. Um, I mean, even with the Flash, they used a completely AI created Flash from like in the black and white world. And they could have just used, like, they could have had Grant Gustin there. Because, yeah, you know, as Marilla turned up on the TV show, why not have Grant Gustin in the film? It's just, I don't know, it just reeks of shittiness.
0: Well, that's my visual effects picked on. <laughs> no, I'm happy with that. I am actually, as you can imagine, Flash didn't make a single one of me things. So that was, that's something that I wasn't really too bothered about. you
1: taking off the board. Um, well, I was going to use it for Villain as well, but I suppose I was just. You know The villain being the movie, in general. It was a villain to me. Right, and um, what are you going with next, then? Three characters in already, fucking blasting through. Um, I feel like I need to get some big ones away from you. So I'm going to go with best overall cast. And since Barbie's not on the board anymore, I've got to take Oppenheimer. Oh,
0: shit. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one.
1: We said it in our op- Barbie and Oppenheimer episode and we said it in the 2023 episode. Like, every single member of cast who had a role to play in that movie, not only did they deliver, but even, like, Rami Malek was in it for all of, like, what, one minute, two minute, one scene? Like, he really made that. And it wasn't like a, that's that guy. that's that. I mean, we were doing that, but, like, they weren't playing into that. They were just having massive named actors coming in for this 30 second one minute five minute role and then going having no impact on well having a massive impact on the story a massive impact on the screen but it's never about it was never about who the actors were it was the performances given like I mean like we said in the Barbenheimer episode like Rami Malek's an Oscar winning actor it's a huge name obviously with Freddie Mercury Um, and he's in it for a very very small amount and again, it's really, really impactful. Everybody in that cast—from Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, uh, Josh Hartnett—I I made sure to say him for you. Literally, everybody in that cast had a role to play and did it. Did it really? Probably, like even in small amounts, had some like career best performances. So, absolutely, yeah, I went with that. If it was either that or go Robert Downey in support, but I think overall, cast is definitely where Oppenheimer sits.
0: Yeah, that's a very, very good pick. I didn't have Oppenheimer in cast. That's why I had Barbie So he thought that. I actually was gonna use um Oppenheimer as the main character. I was gonna use Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer's main. Um but that's it's I mean it's one of the fucking most stat casts in recent years. Like I said, everyone from top to bottom just kills it. Um it is a very, very, very good cast. Um fuck. <laughs> I'm switching up now. I'm gonna go. I've already used the flash, so <laughs> maybe I haven't used Shazam too. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm gonna go. Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh yeah, good one. Because originally I had this. I had um, Robert De Niro was my idea for supporting, but this cast is incredible. Like you've got Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone. Brendan Fraser, Jesse Clemens, like, and they're all so good. Even like Brendan Fraser's only in it for, like very limited. But even when he comes in, he just like acts his fucking ass off for like two minutes. It's there, I mean, it's some of the greatest actors of all time in De Niro and DiCaprio. It's Lily Gladstone giving a performance I don't think anyone saw coming. And it's like thrust her into this like superstardom. And she's obviously now a front runner for the Oscars and stuff. And it's exciting to see what will happen for her now because it's She's obviously an um, it's it's like the actual what's the representation because she is actually like an indigenous person. Um and all of the accolades and the respect and admiration being shown, it's it's such a big deal for her. Um, I love Brendan Fraser, like I said, I've already got the whale. Him, he can show up in any movie and I'll enjoy it. And I think Jesse Plemons is quietly one of the more underrated actors in recent years. Like this morning I was watching The Irishman for only the second time and he shows up in that as Al Pacino's son and he doesn't have much to do, but when he is when he when he's in the scenes and stuff and he has his line, he fucking kills it and he, he makes me laugh so
1: much. Um I don't know how he's got cursing duns, but that's a different story. Well, you know my feelings on Kirsten Dunst, so I don't really think <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't really fine. think that's a huge achievement on his part. <laughs> if anything, I feel like he's he, should, he probably should be like thanked for taking the bullet.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um,
1: Robert De Niro, who's like
0: 80 now, just changing that a performance good, as good as he does in that is incredible. Like. It's a testament to just how legendary actor he is. And Leo gives a performance unlike anything we've seen from him. It's a completely different character to anything we've ever seen. But he still fucking kills it. And seeing the two on the big screen together at this age, working underscore Sersi, is one of the fucking joys of 2023 for me. I was so excited, and it lived up to it. So the cast, top to bottom, beautiful. But is the cast better than Oppenheimer's? Uh, Well, only one of them's got Bobby D, so that's my fucking apart from Pacino that's my goal um, well if you say
1: Bobby D then surely Robert Downey would, uh, would uh, yeah come. you could actually say that yeah folks not think of that um, well you're, let's move on then to to, to yours
0: yeah uh, I'm going to go main then no I'm not I'm going to go supporting
1: no no you said you said main
0: I mean I don't think you'll take either of these so it's fine uh, One I've enough. got an either category. Fair play. I'm going to go supporting because Robert De Niro's gone and that was my original pick. I'm now going to go with the love of my life and that is Rachel McAdams in Are oh, You There God? It's Me Margaret as the mum, Barbara Simon. Fucking unbelievable. I am so infatuated with that woman. I think she's incredible and I know... I mean, I don't know because I've not read it, but I've heard in the book, the mum, the role isn't as fleshed out and isn't given as much to do. And they changed that for the film with Rachel McAdams. And it's a genius movie because she fucking acts her ass off. And she's a lot like, it could be very silly if the entire movie was about this young girl adapting to this new um, surroundings and becoming friends with these new people. But the mum's storylines and how she also struggles to fit in while she's staying at home and, Integrating itself into the community, it, it adds so much weight to it, and because it's Rachel McAdams, I eat that shit up every fucking time. Like, I can't stress out attracting am to that woman. It's worrying at this point. So I knew you. I knew that one was safe. I knew you'd never take that. So that was that was one of the only categories I had a backup was. Can you imagine me. if I did? And then try to explain why
1: it was good despite the fact i have never seen the film. I'll just do what I'll just do exactly what you did. Barely talk about the film and talk about your love for Rachel McAdams instead. That <laughs> woman fucking she holds some of my even in um
0: Eurovision. I'm all about it. She's special. But yeah, that's one of the only categories I've got where I had a backup. So thankfully. Barbara yeah. Simon played by Rachel McAdams in Are oh, You There, God, It's Me, Margaret. Fantastic performance, fantastic woman. <laughs>
1: Well I, um very similar reasons, although I did this joke last time. Um uh my best support is a film with Florence Pugh, but she isn't she's the lead, and I'm going a good person with um four, what I've literally just had his name and he's literally the most famous name. Morgan Freeman. How did I forget Morgan Freeman's name? Fucking <laughs> okay, Morgan Freeman, this little non actor, Morgan Freeman. It's just it's just small... It's upcoming. Um, it, I don't know if you've seen A Good Person. It was a streaming... Um,
0: I haven't, actually, and I should because it's directed by Zach Braff.
1: It is directed by Zach Braff. It's really, really good. It's about addiction. Uh, Florence Pugh um, uh, goes through some stuff and gets addicted, and she has to try and repent for this stuff that she's done. And... The stuff that she's done involves a family member of Morgan. I don't want to say too much so you can because you need obviously you're going to watch it. Um, but Morgan Freeman plays throughout the film a sadness, like a positivity, um, a lot of anger, um, a lot of regret. Um, it's, it's one of his more serious roles. It is very, like, very melodramatic, but it is like really really impactful and the fact that he has this relationship with florence pew that i'm definitely not jealous of but it's almost like a, a fatherly relationship but with a with a hint of anger there as well i don't like i say i don't want to say too much but it's just really really well played and they work well really really well together um and it's morgan freeman you can't go wrong with him really uh, when he when he pulls on the heartstrings, he knows how he knows to pull on the heartstrings and he definitely does it in this film. And I, I don't think a lot of people have watched it, so one that should, you should definitely give a chance.
0: Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it. Um, it's on Sky now, yeah. Sky Movies, so it's something I can watch. Just because I knew... I mean, I heard a lot about it before and with Zach Braff directing it, obviously, JD from Scrubs, and he's had a couple of good movies already. Yeah. Um, and Florence Pugh is always great. So, yeah, it is something I am wanted to check out, but I haven't yet. So, it wasn't on my list anyway. So, that's good
1: news. She makes a singing debut in that movie as well. What, Florence Pugh? Yeah. Can she sing then? Yeah, or was it terrible? Uh, no, she's perfect. There's right. nothing nothing wrong she can do. She's even in Don't Worry, Darling, and I still liked her in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Here in uh, Chris Pine, fucking carried that. He was class.
1: Yeah, agreed. Right. What's Ooh. next? It's me. Oh, See, I know there's things you can take if I do other ones, but I'm going to do it now. So I'm going to go with uh, lead, which I only had one down because I knew all the others would be taken straight away. <laughs> so I'm going with Shamit Moore from Spider-Verse, who plays, who voices Miles Morales. I think the first film, he has so much to do. Um, and it's a great introduction to to Miles, but I think the second one, he really, really had to like up his game. Like he, Miles goes through so much shit in this film, so many different kinds of emotions, a lot of anger uh, as well that um, just really, really works. And like for me, when I'm, I read the comics or whatever, I can't help but hear his voice when I'm reading Miles. And when I think Miles, I hear that voice and this, uh, Spider-Verse movie definitely solidified it for me plus it's funny I mean it's a bit weird in interviews uh, outside of it it's a bit, it's a bit creepy on the uh, Hayley Steinfeld but in the movies it is absolutely fantastic so yeah Shamit Moore um, because I couldn't go Margo Robbie or Killian Murphy because we'd already taken him off the board.
0: Yeah we've got rid of some big names I, uh, that's a good pick though I wouldn't have thought of that but yeah he's fantastic with Miles and I think that is the Miles Morales that's introduce an entire generation to the character and, it's, like you said, it's one that a lot of people will associate with the role now.
1: Um Also, the second reason I didn't want to do Best Animated Movie. <laughs> when You s- are? When you were suggesting the uh, topics and you was like, Best Animated Movie, I was like, nope, because there's two options in my mind and I'm using them for somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, you fucking did me dirty yeah. um, there. Have you watched Ninja Turtles yet? No. Come on, man. Stop no, watching. I haven't, I've been quite slow in my movies this year. You know what? No, what? I am... I've watched I watched 14 movies last January and like the entirety of January. I'm already on 10. Yeah, you've watched more than me. I don't know how many times we'll be able to say that this year, but you've watched more films than me right now. I'm gonna try and keep ahead of the game. I've watched six, I think. I've committed to watching every Godzilla movie and that's 38. So Christ. Yeah.
0: Completely off topic. I wanna to watch like I wanna complete some like directors or actors' filmographies. I wanna like make like watch everything. Like I wanna watch every Martin Scorsese movie or every uh Tom Cruise movie.
1: Did you see he's doing movies with, with Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah. But still allowed to do movies elsewhere. He's like the fucking jammiest bastard, isn't he? Motherfuckers runs Hollywood, I love it. You should, you should do
0: every Warwick Davis movie. Fuck that. I've only seen like 85 of them without knowing. <laughs> he plays like cactus in background, Warwick Davis in a costume for some reason. He's everywhere. Don't think he's been number one, though, of all time.
1: He probably is mine.
0: Mine is Samuel L. Jackson. Fuck knows why. Um, Samuel L. Jackson is in fucking loads of stuff. Yeah, he's in Star Wars MCU. He's in Old Bollocks, isn't he?
1: I wonder what mine of all time is. I'm going to look. Why are you talking?
0: Yeah, I need to pick my main character, don't I? Uh, So, for main character, again, this is the movie that. Yeah, you're best lead. You are?
1: Lead. Lead.
0: Yeah. Um So this is another movie that would have made my top 10 of 2023 if I, if I thought it came out, but yeah, it, it was, I was thinking American, but it did come out in the UK in January last year, and that film is
1: Babylon, so I'm taking oh, another... Completely different person. I thought you were talking about Fablemans. Also, no. Sam Jackson's my number one as well. Yeah, he's in a lot. Um,
0: so... Originally, I was going to go Faberman's. I had Sammy Faberman, who was essentially just a young Steven Spielberg for that reason. He's a young Steven Spielberg, but he's not the best thing about that movie. The parents are, whereas Margot Robbie as Nellie LeRoy is unbelievable. Um, in- in she's essentially like. Uh, a young woman that wants to break into Hollywood. She's a fucking wild child. Like she's a party animal. She's all over the place, a real basket case. And she eventually makes it in to Hollywood just on pure charisma. And um, the fact that some woman, there's a there's have you seen Babylon? You should watch right. Babylon. It's fucking wild. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, essentially some woman that's supposed to be in a movie drops out because she gets way too drunk and they call Nellie uh, Nelly Leroy in at the last minute to give her an opportunity, and she fucking kills it. And she uses her like sexuality to really like make a name for herself. Like, on screen, she's not worried about getting up in like people's grills and like flirting with the other actors and really giving it a go. And it, everyone takes notice, and she becomes a huge star. But it's right before um, sound comes into movies, so she's in the, she becomes this huge silent movie star like in no time at all, and then. Once they bring sound in, it's like she's fucked. She does. She can't quite adapt, and it shows. Like the way her career goes off the rails, and then she like gets into all these other stuff. And I mean, it's Margot Robbie doing a Margot Robbie performance where she just plays this, a woman that is at the end of a rope, who's just wild and can't be really, like controlled. And she fucking kills it every time, as she does in this. Like there's there was ever hero or Brad Pitt's character in this who also killed it, but. I had to go with Margot Robbie because this is a role that I don't think any other anyone does quite as well as her. Like, no one does this sort of character the way she does, and she kills it every time, and she's the highlight of Babylon for me. So, yeah, I went with Margot Robbie as Nellie Leroy.
1: Cheating by getting Margot Robbie in somehow.
0: Yeah, well, it's a different film. It's a different character. It counts.
1: Cool. Your category.
0: Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Um, What have I got left? Most rewatchable, visual
1: effects. Visual effects.
0: No, we just did overcast. We've got most rewatchable, fist bump, visual effects, villain and action scenes. We've got five left. Um,
1: It's almost like I just said that.
0: I'm going to go visual effects. I mean, it's not going to be the movie you probably want because I've not seen it, I imagine. I'm going to go, because I feel like I don't know if I can use that sort of film. Um, I'm going to go Dungeons and Dragons. All
1: right, fair play. I've
0: seen it. Because that film really surprised me. It was way, way, way better than I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it was going to be trash, I can't lie. And I actually thought it was actually really good. And I think the visual effects, compared to some of the other blockbusters we've got throughout the year, are actually really, really good. Um, And they really helped the film stand out. And it's a shame it didn't make more money. um, Because on top of the incredible performances from, like, Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez and stuff, like, it all looks really well done. And it's with a movie with uh, that sort of scale and like the environment and all the different creatures that you come across, it would have been easy for it to look trash, but they do a really good job with it. And you can tell you like, it's not like any of these superhero movies we get now, which all feel rushed. Like I can't remember the last superhero movie where I thought that it's all good visual effects. It feels like so fucking rare now. Um, even Ackerman
1: yeah, had some shoddy the moments. The owl bear and the witches and the, the stone dragon at the end. I really like the fat dragon when they're in that fucking cave as well. Like, yeah. That was good. Yeah, I think it was all really good. Oh, oh, and that uh, obviously the bit that's been played to pieces in memes and stuff, but the bit where um, they're using like a distraction spell and Chris Pine's face melts into his fucking body and glitches out. Really yeah. Fucking- and then we've got a midship Bradley Cooper for some reason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I
0: forgot about that. I, I really, I really, I really, it really shocked me how uh, much I enjoyed it. So I wanted to give that a shout out. Mostly because the only other film I had in this category was an animated one, and I didn't know whether yeah, I. That it. don't count.
1: That don't count. Um, That's why I didn't do it. I really, I really enjoyed Dungeons and Dragons. I said it. if they gave it off a chance, it could have been, and like marketed it a lot, lot more. It could have been like the fancy equivalent of Guardians of the Galaxy. It, it, I mean it is essentially Guardians of the Galaxy, but in a fantasy setting. Really, really good. Um, yeah, and we're
0: obviously we're obviously well knowledgeable about Dungeons and Dragons because we played it twice. Mm-hmm. First time we ever spoke, I think, wasn't it?
1: I think it was, you know.
0: And it was in a situation like this over like Zoom.
1: And we probably uh, behave as the same now as we did then.
0: Yeah we've come full circle. Three years on we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons over
1: Zoom again, you know? <laughs> um, I went with a film purely for the first 20, 30 minutes of that film, uh, and I went Indiana Jones 5 for the opening with Young Indy. Is, I mean, Lucasfilm has been doing de-aging, well, not just Lucasfilm, Disney in general, have been doing uh, de-aging really, really well over the past God knows. I'll, I'll probably start with Rogue One uh, is really when they Jump straight in, and some's been really good, uh, some's been really bad, like Luke Skywalker at the end of Mandalorian season two, where his head's moving and his face moves a little bit afterwards. Um, but the de aging they did in, in Indiana Jones Five, uh, Down of Destiny is, I'm gonna say it, Cal, it's phenomenal, it's growing Like, the moments, there's very, very minute moments where I go, all oh, those eyes look a bit off, but for the majority of it, it looks like we are watching Indiana Indiana Jones film from the eighties, it looks spot on, um, smart that they, they filmed it in the dark, smart that they filmed it in with mid lighting and lam- uh, fire lighting. Um, it just so believable for such a big action sequence for such a big star that everybody knows what he looks like as well. And remembered what he looked like It's up there with, um, Hank Pym in the Ant-Man movies when they've dh him It's up there with, that's how good it was. Um, but This one I think is is definitely the pinnacle, and like I say, probably once or twice I was like, Oh, now I could tell there, but for the rest of it, I was like, No, that is spot on. I would if you told me this was filmed back then and just being put out now, is like a deleted scene that restored, I would have 100% believed it. So, yeah, I mean, the rest of the film is beautiful as well, lots of good um set pieces and CGI in there, but the opening to that is is phenomenal. So, Disney, if you're listening, top job,
0: yeah, uh, like I said earlier i watched i rewatched uh the irishman this morning and that is well known for the dh and it does to like al pacino robert De niro and joe pesci and that is like the gold standard but i do think this indiana jones 5 the beginning of it i don't think it's that far off i thought they did an incredible job with Harrison ford there like it does look like those early movies like it all it, it was almost sad when it ended and we were with this old man i was like oh fuck i wish we were like i wish we got to watch more young indy again like i miss those those movies um but yeah, it's, it was really good. I wasn't a big fan on the movie as a whole. I thought it was fine, but the end, end of I didn't really like. But there's no getting away from the fact that the CGI and visual effects used at the beginning were top-notch for me.
1: Hey, At least the CGI and visual effects are better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's also a better movie than that. It is. Yeah, well, I don't take a lot. No, you know what, I re-watched Kingdom of the Crystal Skull before I re- before I watched Indie 5, thinking... I bet I hated it at the time just like everybody else did. And I was just bandwagging in. And I bet it's not that bad. And I watched it. I was like, oh no, it's fucking bad.
0: Yeah. And also, like, I don't want to pile on him because he did some good stuff, but LaBeouf as like Indy's son is such a dodgy. What was that choice? Ryan Gostin know. was right there. What was he doing in 2008? Because he was famous. He'd obviously done the notebook four years earlier, so he was around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ryan Gostin, that should have been the Young Indiana, I bet they'd have brought him back now.
1: Oh yeah, he'd be taking over. They
0: would have killed him off. <laughs>
1: Spoiler: If
0: anyone's not watched
1: Indiana Jones five. Yeah, who cares? Nobody cared about him more, anyway.
0: No, true. Um, what you what we're we going with next then?
1: Oh, was it me? Yeah. I'm going to go with best fist pump moment, and it's a moment I'd seen behind the scenes footage of, like. 50 times before the film came out. I'd seen it in trailers. I knew how it was made. One of the trailers was literally dedicated to the moment. Shit. Uh, The the film was full of loads of other stuff, like stuff involving a train and a a car chase around. Is it Venice? I can't remember. It's it's some Italian country, I'm sure. but Venice. But the jump in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, you can't get around it. That is spectacular and it makes it even better a that i watched it in imax b knowing that he actually other than obviously the ground had changed they changed the ground to make it look like rocks the fact that he actually did the jump did the parachute did the fall did everything it makes it so much better and you can't it's like fuck i could watch that moment over and i had about 100 times through trailers and like i said ads and behind the scenes stuff and when it finally got down to watching that scene, I thought this is going to be the most boring part of the film. No, nope, still like just fucking excited in my chest. The film's full of rest, uh, like a lot of other stuff. Like I said, the train scene at near the end is fantastic. I'm not going to spoil that if anybody's watched it, but it's basically a video game situation, and it just looks really good. You look, you look distraught. You're zoned off, and you look distraught. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the only, the only thing in that movie that could top the jump as a fist pump moment uh was any time Hayley Atwell came on screen and <laughs> uh, and that's it for me so uh, I'd love to see what your fist pump moment is now See, yeah, I didn't have this fist pump moment that's all right you're safe then I, I imagine I've taken it away from somewhere else from you yeah uh yeah
0: it's a good choice to be fair because like the Mission Impossible France, especially the later ones, they're kind of like built off the crux of you're going to see Tom Cruise do something ridiculous. And this was the this was the one that was really highlighted before. And it's the fact that it's him. If it's CGI, it doesn't hit the same, but it's the fact that you know that it's the real deal. And it's incredible that the guy's like 60 doing that shit. So that is a great scene. Um, <laughs> Stolen. Yeah, you took it off the board. Forget it for someone else. My Fishbook Moment is actually a film that I re-watched watched it in the cinema when it came out then i re-watched it yesterday uh and that is the ben affleck movie air um mm-hmm. about nike and the way they came to the deal and signed uh, michael jordan and how the air jordan became a thing and just changed sports and athletes and the way they're endorsed forever um and it's an incredible movie set obviously in the 80s when michael jordan was first drafted into the NBA and there was all these different brands fighting for his signature who wanted him to represent their clothing or uh, well, shoes on the basketball court. And Nike at the time weren't really that successful in that field. They had like, they, they were more focused on like running shoes, like, and they had like, that's like athletics type of athletes. And, but no one that was really big in the pop culture. And the films like Ben Affleck, uh, not Ben Affleck, sorry, Matt Damon's character, Sonny, is really pushing for this basketball player because he just is adamant that he's going to be the the next big thing. And many people didn't quite believe it at the time. Like Michael Jordan was dropped from his high school basketball team and then he didn't even go first in the NBA. Two players were picked in front of him. But this guy was convinced he's going to be a a real deal. And he convinces his boss, who's played by Ben Affleck, to fund this offer and they put this big pitch together. And Michael comes with his mum and dad. His mum's played by Viola Davis, who's just incredible in everything she does. Uh, and they give the pitch, and it, you're not really sure what's. I mean, you know eventually what happens, but at the time they're still unclear. And then towards the end of the film, he's told that they've got they're going a different offer. And then Viola Davis rings Ben, uh, Matt Damon's character, and he thinks she's giving doing the honourable thing and letting him know on the phone that they're uh, going elsewhere. But she lets him know that on if they meet her conditions, they'll sign with Nike. And after a minute discussing Ben Affleck's like fuck you. let's do it and when Matt Damon hands up the phone and he's like fucking fist bumping and he asks uh, Jason Bateman's character to go to the office and he's like we fucking got Michael Jordan everyone's so happy and excited and like knowing what I know because I'm, I'm obviously a basketball fan anyway and even like I mean everyone knows Michael Jordan everyone knows how big he became everyone knows how big the Air Jordans became
1: I've seen Space Jam
0: yeah yeah exactly this is better than Space Jam <laughs> Just going to put that out there right now. Better than Space Jam. Um, it's, it's fucking awesome. And because you see all the characters so elated, and you know what it means for them. And you know what it means, what Michael did for everyone else, because one of the conditions was that he got a percentage of the sales of the shoe. Like Traditionally, all athletes who sold, signed these sorts of deals got a, lot, a lump sum at the beginning, and that was that. But he fought and his mum fought for him to get a percentage of every single piece of, like... Clothing and a and apparel with his face on, he fought to get a percentage of it, and it ended up making him. And even now, he retired like twenty years ago, and he still makes over two hundred million a year just from that deal that he signed in the eighties. So watching everyone be like so happy and stuff, is fucking awesome. It's it's such a good like moment, and I, it's one of the most like wholesome moments of the year for me. So that was always my number one in that category. Um, it's a shame
1: we couldn't put films with you. I've watched for the first time in 2023. Yeah. Because we'd both know what would be on there.
0: That would have been the first film I took off the board just because of that. Cause that is the most fist bump moment I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. <laughs> like my arm's dead, the amount of fist bumping to be done watching that. Um I forgot what left. Rewatchable villain. Action villain. That's it. Oh no, an action scene. I'm gonna go villain. That's fine. This one's random. You probably don't have it, but you're not gonna have mine. It's fine, unless you pull it out your ass. I am going with this because I can't really think of many villains, and there's a certain film where the villain was that good it made the film watchable for me. So I'm going I don't with... know what
1: you're no, no, before is it Modok from Quantum? No, 8?
0: absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely fucking not. I am going with Jason Momoa in Fast X. Oh fuck! I forgot about him. Because I thought that film was pretty fucking trash. And then I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Like, I thought he was electric every single time he was on screen. Like, his character was so sadistic, but also really funny, but also quite, like, camp. And he, he, he somehow, like, welded it all together so, like, effortless, effortlessly. And he's, his charisma really carried that film for me. Like, Vin Diesel in those movies, it's really fucking tiresome now. And the last couple, like, eight and nine, I thought, were just utter shit.
1: Um, you said you like modelling your life on Vin Diesel's behaviours.
0: Absolutely fucking not. I only found out about that last week that you said. and I haven't seen anything since. I don't know what, where you get your information, about, but I haven't seen anything at news you on social media about Big Vinny D.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, because everybody on your social media don't think anything's wrong with it, so. Fuck <laughs> off. Oh
0: um, but, yeah, I think Jason Moore is very hit and miss. Like A lot of the time he seems to play just the same character, um, which is Arthur Curry.
1: Yeah, surfer boy, kind of.
0: Yeah,
1: or, but... Or I Carl really think one of the two. Huh? Yeah, he plays a surfer kind of guy, or Carl Drogo. He's one yeah. of the two.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I think he really shines in Fast X, and I think... I'm really glad that they didn't kill him off, and the part two he's going to feature in that as well, because he really is, like, the highlight of that movie. And in terms of... Villain, I'm not going to say he's the best villain performance of the year, but he's the most standout... In the fact that he elevates the film he's in, compared to like some of the others who are in good films anyway, he's in a shite film that he makes watchable.
1: Watchable, yeah. And the bit where he's like in the in the garden with the, the dead people and he's talking to them and having them like act and using the bodies as like a weekend at Bernie's kind of thing. Yeah, and it's he's just painting the nails. Painting the nails, yeah. And it's just it's he makes it fun, like. He's well, making,
0: yeah. He makes the most depraved and twisted shit fun.
1: Yeah. I like whenever, whenever like franchise like they get a villain, and in the mean, in like in the press and stuff, they'll go, "Oh yeah, we we compare like we compare him to like the Joker, like he's the Joker, like he's the, like this. We genuinely is like the Joker of the Fast and Furious franchise." Yeah,
0: I'm
1: looking forward to seeing more from him. Yeah, I'm sure Vin Diesel will be killed in like the first ten minutes of that film, so it's fine. <laughs> Let's hope so. Right, <laughs> uh, what's
0: you got for villain
1: then? Easy, I mean, easy choice for me for this year. I knew you wouldn't get it because you don't want, you're not a cultured person, but uh, it's Godzilla from Godzilla Minus One. It's an easy, it's a giant fucking lizard. And in the Japanese ones, he's obviously not the hero, Uh, especially in this one. He's definitely not the hero. He is a raging beast. He kills a lot of fucking people, destroys a lot of fucking shit. I mean, he's not exactly got character depth or anything like that because he is just a giant fucking lizard. But he's menacing he's fucking creepy looking he's got like when he's chasing stuff down it is anxiety inducing he when he does his atomic breath and stuff it's so fucking sick it's unreal and it's just like obviously he's not like i say he's not got depth he's not got like a character arc he is just destruction personified and you can't really like that is literally the 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 biggest kind of thing of a villain. Is is the destruction and may they the cause, and he causes a fucking lot of it. That he looks sick and is a giant fucking lizard, and I am on a giant Godzilla kick this year. So when we, when it comes to a twenty twenty first time watchers, it might just be ten Godzilla movies. Who do, who knows? But um, yeah, if Godzilla, if
0: Godzilla versus Charles Barkley is not in there. Am I interested?
1: <laughs> um, I mean, minus Minus One's a fantastic film anyway. It kind of reboots the very very first Godzilla. Um, uh, and and whatever you put, Godzilla's portrayal in it is 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 fantastic. So that was the only choice. I knew you weren't going to get it. But if I wasn't going to forgo- go for Godzilla, I think I completely forgot about Jason Momo and I, w- I wouldn't be able to do it because I was going to put it in heartbreaking. But the high evolutionary from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Three is just pure evil for the sake of being pure evil. He's a good old comic book villain, uh, and he was really good too. So at him, but. You wouldn't have ever got it if have got the fuck that.
0: No. Um, yeah, I'm, I haven't seen it, so that's no big loss to me. I do want to watch that, though, because I've heard really good things about that one. Which is really, really good. I actually thought you'd go visual effects for that, but I've not seen it, so I don't know if they're good or not.
1: No, they are good, but, like, for all the hype that was around of how good it looked, it's how good it looks for this budget. So it looks good, but there's still, like, parts yeah. that look a bit janky um best action scene I, i'm i know i'm safe with um because uh you're again uncultured and i've only just introduced you to the to the to the worlds that is john well, he Wick. weren't
0: making our fucking best lead was he no did well he might
1: oh I should have had him as best lead just to fuck with you <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean you we watched the first John Wick together this week and even you couldn't deny how great the action scenes were and I told you as we finished watching it like each film they just t- try and top each other each film it gets bigger and it gets bolder and it gets fucking more badass and John Wick 4 is like the epitome of everything that they've they've learned and built towards like John Wick 4's got um like stuff set in a samurai in a hotel in Japan is like loads of like the guards don't have guns. Of course, they don't. They have samurai swords because that's so much fucking cooler. Um, and so there's a giant fucking 45 minute brawl with samurai swords and like fucking armed guards and shit like that. um Nunchucks and all that kind of stuff. And then you go to Paris and you've got like bounty hunters hunting him down on the Arc de Triomphe. So he's fighting people whilst cars are still going by him. He's chucking into cars and shit. Um, there's so many action scenes in John Wick 4 it's unreal but the best one and you won't know about it but you need to watch it even if you just watch the clip on youtube um is in a abandoned building and there's a group of mercenaries trying to take him out and the camera goes from behind his back and then it moves up and it starts looking down and it's like have you ever played hotline miami or hong kong massacre anything like the old gta's where it's top down like he's going from room to room and it's all above so you see in the rooms from the above shot but it's not i can't know how to describe it it's not just the one room you can see all of the rooms you can see the top of the walls and stuff and it's just going around so you can see the people coming from every angle you see how john wick attacks him and it's just fucking phenomenal i can't explain just how great it is um it's it's one of those where they've, they've clearly looked at Either Hotline Miami or Hong Kong mass because one of those kind of games and gone. We can fucking put this in a film. And he's using guns, he's using fist fighting, he's using a shotgun with uh incident incendiary, like f- fucking flame bullets, essentially, setting people on fire. You've got people falling downstairs, you've got fucking people busting through walls. It's just it's I think it's the best action scene in any John Wick. And I've told you how I feel about John Wick 4. And what happens to my body with John Wick four? And you see how how much I love the first John Wick, and to say that's the best action scene is like fucking putting a fucking gold crown on a gold trophy. It's 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 perfect. So you need to carry on watching them, Cal, and you need to get to that fucking scene.
0: Yeah, I will watch them because while well, I think Keanu Reeves isn't great, the actual film itself I quite enjoyed, and I love the action stuff in the first one, so I can only imagine if it gets better. You,
1: how you, it gets. you appreciate Keanu Reed more knowing that he did pretty much all of his action? Like, all the gun stuff, all the fighting, he, he does himself.
0: Yeah, I know that, but what did I say to you the other day? Tom Cruise does it, and he's a fucking sick actor as well. He can have both.
1: Yeah, but Tom Cruise is also... Tom
0: prison. Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise would have been my fucking action scene if you hadn't taken it for a fist moment. Well. And it's not even really action, but originally I was going to have the Venice scene when Oh um, yeah. Ferguson's character face off of the villain. And it's just and you just while that's been on, you just keep getting clips of Tom Cruise sprinting through alleys. Fucking I want 10 I want a 30-minute video of Tom Cruise running. Fucking give it me. He's definitely out there somewhere. He's got one of the best movie runners ever. He fucking loves it. Um so interestingly, mine's very, very different for best action scene, but it is also a film that took inspiration from other mediums in this scene, and it's creed free in the final boxing match at the end where um, Adonis faces off with...
1: I've, do you know what? I've still not seen it. And I know you watched it because you love Jonathan Majors, but... Like oh, yeah, that, yeah. Well, that can, this came out before that, so you could say that. <laughs> I've still <laughs> not seen it. The second
0: film it. I've had with a really questionable actor
1: in it, so... Yeah, I love all of the Rocky movies and the Creed movies, but I've still not seen Creed three. Yeah, I am... Um, such a big Rocky fan, my mum was
0: obsessed with the Rocky movies, Like, so I watched them so many times growing up, Rocky 4 is still to this day, I think one of the best sports movies of all time, Apollo Creed is my ride or die, like I fucking love that guy so much Um, and I really like the Creed movies, I think they did an incredible job and with this one, and Sylvester Stallone not coming back, I was really like sceptical going in, but I watched it Anyway, and the 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 final boxing match, they go completely down a like a different direction. It's not the same as the others. It really starts channeling like because Michael B. Jordan directs it, and he really takes inspiration of like anime and stuff in the final fight, and like the way it's shot and like the slow motion stuff. It is like watching like Dragon Ball Z, and the way like it's in this huge packed stadium, and when it pans out no one's there and it's like, and it's empty and it's just those two in the ring and like, they're doing all this sort of cool stuff. And the way like the colours yeah, that splash exactly
1: up. And yeah. Yeah. That was it.
0: That was well, the, that's the, that was the issue. The fight started 20 minutes into the film. and didn't stop till the credits rolled uh, an hour and a half later, but uh, it, it was, it was somewhat different. And like I said, I watched every Rocky movie, so I appreciate them trying something different and I thought it worked. It's probably not something you could have done with Rocky. Because he he felt much more grounded and he was, um, like your all-American hero, whereas Adonis feels much more to the modern times and he's much more larger than life and stuff. So it felt you could get away with it here, um, and I'm glad that they tried it. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if they're even making any more Creed movies now. I don't know what the plan is going forward. But if this was the end, it was nice that it ended, putting its own spin on the franchise and using Michael B. Jordan's in like own influences at, from outside of it.
1: Didn't this one come out just as the allegations were starting to surface? So it, it took a bit of a hit from it.
0: Did it? Is that yeah. how long been at? it's been out?
1: It's either that or it's Quantum Mania that it took a hit. I know Quantum Mania. Think Quantum because that came. Pretty sure, like stuff started to come out at the same time as Creed.
0: Well, I think Creed came out in like February, and then Quantum Mania came out in March, so they were like back to back. So it wasn't. makes sense that it would be around the same time.
1: Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, One it was it. a good action scene. Yeah, I still need to watch it. It's on the list. Um, I fact, I'll probably get around to it a bit sooner rather than later now. Um, well, actually, I, I might wait for things to die down. Yeah. I don't want anybody, don't want anybody thinking I'm a supporter. Um, Especially when you sing his praises in comments. I've seen you. Yes, too often.
0: Right,
1: last category. watchable?
0: Yeah. This one's easy for me because it is literally the release that I watched the most this year. Uh, I only know what yours is because yours is exactly the same. Um, so for me, the most rewatchable film, again, this is quite dodgy now. It's <laughs> Scream 6, which I fucking love. I really, really enjoyed Scream 6. I've already watched it more than I watched Scream 5. I think the decision to move to New York, I thought it was a stroke of genius. I loved the entire cast and I I remember watching it at the cinema and then I went back to watch it literally days later with some friends. And that's how much I enjoyed it. And then I showed it to my brother, so I watched it with him and the screen franchise in general, like especially the first couple, the movies that I can just watch over and over and over, like as a horror fan, there's nothing more rewatchable to me than a, than a good slasher and that, is what i thought screen six was i thought the plot was really predictable and i called it like maybe 10 minutes into the film and i was just spent the rest of the time praying i was wrong because i thought that's ah, too obvious surely and then i got it right um but i thought the cast was fantastic i loved the the, the dynamic that they used with the core four and the way those relationships were um, expanded upon and like mason good in as Chad, I thought was great. General Ortega is fantastic. Melissa Barrera is incredible. I'm not a big fan of the stuff with her seeing Billy, but outside of that, I think she's a great character. And I think everyone they added was fantastic. Kirby coming back, I fucking loved. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that Sydney wasn't there, obviously, but what can you do? Um.
1: But the entire cast. I'm sure Screen 7 will sort all the problems out and it'll be perfect. I won't watch Screen no, 7. So
0: they're not doing Scream 7. They've bottled it now. Even the director's
1: fucked off. Yeah, everybody's fucked off. They fucking need to, like at this point, I think like sell the fucking franchise to someone yeah. else. Give it, give it to Warner Bros. Get Tom Cruise starring in a screen film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. Tom Cruise could just come in as like fucking... Ghostface had yeah. never stand a chance. He'd fucking run away from him. That'd be sick. I mean, he'd refuse to die at all. I feel like that guy's died
1: like once on screen ever. He goes to get, he goes to fucking Ghostface. Goes to fucking stab Tom Cruise and looks around at like, Where's he fucking gone? He's hanging off the tide of a fucking helicopter or something. Yeah, Cruise is scaling building, he's like fucking shirtless for some reason. 64 years old, he'd be Ghostface and actually fucking kill people for the realism.
0: Yeah, he probably yeah, he would. I bet if he actually fought Ghostface, he would actually stab me at like, like <laughs> he like way too into it, but yeah. I've already said this for I me. Mean, we did a Scream episode a few months ago, and Scream's my favorite horror franchise, and I love them all. and I was really happy with this one. Um, so yeah, I've rewatched it a few times, and it doesn't get old yet. It might get old if I keep rewatching it, but it hasn't yet. So that's why it's the most rewatchable film this year for me because it is literally the one I've rewatched the
1: most. Well, I we sat down to watch a film yesterday, and when deciding what film we were going to watch. Um, we ended up on Nope. I just doesn't hit for me. No, I I, that one wasn't great. I don't think I like any of his movies. Like, I didn't You're really like Get Out. I didn't really like Get Out either. But I think it's. but I watched it like well after everybody was like, it's the best fucking f-. And I, yeah. no, not, not for me, it's not. But anyway, I digress. Um, and I was like, what should we watch? We were listing off, she was listening off films and I was like, do you want to watch Ninja Turtles? <laughs> and she's not watched it yet. I was like, no. She's not watched <laughs> it? <laughs> I will get her to watch it. The amount of times I've seen it she's still not watched it. That's surprising. No, she wants to, but I think we went to the movie yesterday. Either way, fucking Ninja Turtles. I... I oh, look at you. Look at it. It's just fucking beautiful. Mwah. Look at him. Look at their faces. Uh, the ugly bastards. They're ugly bastards, and I love them. I love them. It's my favourite film of the year. It's... Pr- I was going to say it's my favourite film in that franchise. I can't do that for the original 90s, but it's my second favourite film in that franchise. I love it so much. Um, It's fucking hilarious. It's creative. It's beautiful to look at in its ugliness. It's so fucking, like we said, I don't know what else to say about it. I fucking spoke about it loads last week, but it's so charming and fast paced that you. Never really get a, you never really get a second to be bored by the by the movie. I, every time I've watched it, I'm like, yeah, fucking, just bring it on, give me more. I immediately want a sequel. Like I want just want more, even if it's just more of the same. I just want more because the cast are, the cast are all great. The fact that they're actually teenagers really really works. Um, the humor is brilliant. Jackie Chan's in it, which is always perfection to me. Uh, and Paul Rudd it's like the perfect mixture of cast um like I said the style it's so ugly um and that's what I love about it um the action it's got I really wanted to use it as best action scene um because it's got one scene where they're trying to hunt down somebody or something and uh it's probably one of the best action scenes in animated movies for me as well um it's just it's just it's got everything that I love about the Ninja Turtles. It's got everything I love about animated movies, especially this new wave we've had ever since like Spider Verse. It's funny. It's charming. I just fucking love it. I can't get enough of it. And the fact that you've still not watched it, and I've it's not very good for you. If I'd watched it, I might have taken it. Yeah, and good. I know how much you love it, so I would have taken it. You would have done as well. I'm surprised you didn't take it just to fuck with me. I've not watched it, but it's my movie re- rewatchable. <laughs> um it's just brilliant and i'm actually kind of worried for you to watch it because if you don't like it it's gonna make me look really shit but yeah, but this is like
0: when you watch the thing and didn't give it five stars
1: get over it uh <laughs> so when when's killers of the fire moon now? is that friday night
0: yeah
1: i watch killers of the fire moon and you watch ninja tales
0: <laughs> yeah we'll see what we both think <laughs> i feel like my commitment's not as lovely. big as yours you you have to watch like a three and a half hour film yeah but you could i'll watch Ninja Turtles
1: twice yeah yeah watch an and then watch the 90s version uh, i think i've seen
0: that years and years sorry. ago
1: cory yeah. feldman one uh no it's not Corey. Uh, Corey feldman's in he does the voice for maybe two of them oh yeah he does the voices the turtles yeah um uh I love that movie. That's I could watch that movie anytime as well. That's one that I've seen multiple, multiple times. But yeah, it's the one that I've watched most this year. Um I, I'm itching to watch it again. Um I love it. Well, there we go. We've got a list full. We'll
0: quickly run through them then because I already can't remember half of what you picked. Um I didn't write them down. You are? I didn't write them down. You didn't? Did you? No, well, I, I've got my list here and I ticked off as I was going, but I haven't wrote the ones that I took that I didn't already have down. Okay,
1: we but I
0: reckon I'll be able to remember them, so I'll go first while you try to write your brain. In yeah. main, I took uh, Nelly Leroy, played by Margot Robbie in Babylon. In supporting, yeah. I took Barbara Simon, played by the fucking outrageous Rachel McAdams in either God, It's Me, Margaret. In villain, I took Dante Reyes, played by Jason Momoa, which is... One of the highlights um, in his career, I'm sure, being taken by me. Uh, Overall cast, I went with the Killers of the Flower Moon cast because I love big Bobby De Niro, Leo, Jesse Plemons, Lily Gladstone, Brendan Fraser. I love them all. Uh, In action scene, I took the final fight in Creed 3, um, which is just a fantastic spin on the Rocky franchise and something they haven't done before. It's song, I took Dog Days Are Over by florence and the machine from the end of guardians 3 because it was the perfect way to end the franchise in visual effects took so dungeons and dragons which was way better than i thought it would be and actually really impressed me facebook woman i took nike signing michael jordan in uh uh heartbreaking i just took uh. everything i know yeah that's why i don't like saying it because Ellen uh. said that to me the So what you're watching i said uh, went, you are i said uh, went, uh.
1: i went that's not how it sounds, I'm sure it's not. like well, you watching a film about someone being gross. Ugh.
0: I know, yeah, that's just... That's the picture of this ridiculous accent. Um, uh, and heartbreaking. reckon I picked The Whale, just essentially all of it, but yeah, especially well, the scene that was in all the trailers where Brendan Fraser's character breaks down and emotionally rewatchable movie. I picked Scream 6 because it is the movie I've rewatched the most, quite simply.
1: I uh, went Shamit Moore for lead in Spider versus Miles Morales, uh, Morgan Freeman in support in uh, A Good Person, um, overall, Castle Fucked you over a bit of Oppenheimer, uh, took that away from you. I also took uh, Best Song, uh, Bar- I-, I got both Barbie and Oppenheimer this 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 time, um, with I'm Just Ken. Best Action Scene, John Wick 4, just thinking about it, it makes me wet. Uh, visual Effects, I got Indy 5 from the opening with Young Indy. Um Best fist pump moment was the jump from Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, but fuck me. Uh, heartbreak, <laughs> The Flash. <laughs> And everything about it, everything about it, but specifically the fucking disgraceful use of dead actors, uh, villain Godzilla. Because there's this, I'm going to be finding a way to talk about Godzilla in any every episode from now on. And obviously, my most rewatchable will be Teenage Mutant Ninja Tools again, something I'll probably find a way to talk about as much as possible. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna possibly as much as possible. I'm gonna be insufferable. Yeah,
0: there's some good list there. There's actually quite a few movies in both of our like in 2023. that only one of us have seen so it wasn't quite as difficult as some of the ones we've done in the past like i think there's like three or four in both our lists that the other person have even like watched so we could get away with it um like the rewatchable one at the end you, you fucking kept that to the end because you knew it was safe
1: yeah i knew i we be using that Do you know what actually one fight one fight that i actually really liked but not more than John, never more than John Wick but one fight that i really liked this year was uh, in the marvels um when they first kind of switch have you seen the marbles yet ah, okay well the first you know the premise they kind of switch around or whatever it's the first time they kind of do that and they're switching around from like not being a part of a fight being a part of a fight on a spaceship and being a part of a fight in um miss marvel's living room uh it's it's really really good it's one of... i i really like the marbles it's i think one of the most underrated movies of the year but other than Ninja Turtles, but I think people actually understand that that's good when they've watched it. I fucked up. What did you do?
0: I'm just rethinking that the action scene. I put I picked the wrong movie. I fucked up. Wow! What, what did you What did you pick? Creed three. Yeah. What was you gonna pick? Well, it's not just come to me now, but the fact the killer with um. <laughs> <laughs> like like I said this when we did the episode last time, and I said there's the scene where his character fights the big bodybuilder and it's like really like hard hitting and it feels real. That shits all over Creed free. <laughs>
1: it's too late now. You put it. I know, fun. yeah. I
0: don't know why we only just literally came to my head then. I was like, shit, I completely forgot about that film. That was one of my favorite films of the year, and I completely forgot
1: about it. There's a there's a bit in John Wick Four where he's fighting this massive fuck off. He's built like a brick shit house um Ugly fucker, and he's like one of them where he like he punches him, and he don't feel no. But it's in the middle of like this club, and every nobody stops dancing. And they're just dancing around him, and this fucking for some reason like a water feature, like spraying down on people as well. And it's just fucking oh, Just watch the John Wick movies.
0: Hey, I am one down. I've only got three left.
1: <laughs> I know. Where we're do the next four? Three Mondays. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'll, not, I'll, I'll, I'll get there. Um, Do you see on Twitter the other day, it was announced that Michael Mann said he's filming Heat 2 this year. Oh, I don't know if I could have missed it, considering you've retweeted it. Literally every fucking chance you've got. Come on! I need the casting news now. I need it. There's rumours and I need it. Do you I think, it's gonna be
1: Adam, I think it's going to be Adam Driver?
0: Yeah, it makes
1: sense, I suppose.
0: I won't mind him and Austin Butler.
1: See, I'm not as I'm not as big or not as you are. No, but, but he's all right. I think um, depends what accent he uses.
0: Yeah, it was, I mean Elvis probably won't fit in. I don't know. The thing is that I hear all these names, but I don't know who's supposed to be playing who.
1: Hmm.
0: Isn't uh, Adam
1: Driver supposed to be playing De Niro? He's much taller though, isn't he? Yeah. De Niro's. A, I mean, oh wait. I don't know.
0: I don't fucking know. I don't know who's playing. I just keep hearing different rumours. Fan of fan are you?
1: You are? What kind of fan are you? It well, it's not then. concrete news. It's all rumours. That's why. You know what's not a fucking rumour? A Mandalorian movie. Woo! I'm going wow, wow. to be on day one wearing you. Not the not wearing me, yeah? Not you. I can love I'll be putting this out on. I'll, do you know, I might even commit by the full fucking outfit. Turn up, rock up. The Mandalorian. First day, first show. with just me. People, nobody wants nobody want to sit near me because I'm like a crazy person. He likes to get Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Well, he's he retweeted the news or reshared it on his Instagram. So I think it's probably... I Personally, I think... And we're really ending this episode on a tangent. But personally, I think um, the reason they're doing a movie rather than a TV show is because they can't really get him back for TV anymore because he's is that fucking tied up with everything else. They've got to put the, the money down to get him back for a movie. To to either fully tie off the character and have him come back fully or because I suppose filming a movie is not as much of a big time commitment or whatever, but I don't know. We'll see. On one last thing about Star Wars, how do you feel about like the way The Mandalorian's gone? Because I know a lot
0: of people are a bit pissed off that it was essentially its own thing and now it just keeps adding more Star Wars characters. Like It's, it's not its own entity anymore. It's like kind of
1: Middle. I know some people are complaining. How do you feel? Yeah, people like. I mean, people complaining is what Star Wars is nowadays. It's maybe you, know, you can't fucking put anything out, Star Wars or Marvel or any franchise, without people fucking complaining. So I just. No, look at what they did to I, the poor I like, Flash. I like it. I don't need to fucking care what the people think about it. To be honest, like because people like, I think we think especially Marvel just lately, DC obviously. I think the biggest one is Star Wars. Like. It's, the negative people are the worst fucking human beings on the planet who call themselves fans, but the good the pe- the good ones are pretty decent. So I just kind of stick around, listen to their opinions rather than fucking get lost in all the anger and shit. I don't care. Give me fucking, give me glip glop and have him turn up at the last episode and whatever you and fucking, I love it all. Love it all. I don't, well, I don't know if you know. I'm a, I, lo- I like the Mandalorians Yeah, I've
0: heard a rumour that you're a Star Wars fan, but I didn't know if it were true or not.
1: Yeah, I don't want to talk about it.
0: Not at all. Bring fucking Cal in. That's what I say. Just for the name. You. No, I meant Cal Kestis, but he's got the name to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, see, I personally think they should do the Mandalorian movie so they can have uh, Din and Grogu back in a movie, and then you can carry on the series with... Bo- well, uh, Katie Sackhoff's character Bo-Katan and have her be the Mandalorian that because she's more of a she's more willing to be able to do TV stuff rather than Pedro is a bit more tied up and packed up so but I don't care I, I like it the book of Oba not great but I like. I still like Mandalorian so is a footwork yeah babe.
0: well that's a Star Wars debate Finished then one uh, yeah. way to end
1: yeah thank you for tuning into the Star Wars episode <laughs>
0: uh, if you guys like what you were uh watch slash listen to then please feel free to like and subscribe to the channel if you are watching on youtube or if you're on the podcast networks then please feel free to subscribe
1: to the channel you started off the energy with such a big intro and now your outro is like like because i
0: talk to you for an hour and a half yeah
1: fucked so just gonna listen to
0: star wars talk for two minutes which is my last
1: you asked me a star wars question i don't really fucking know what you want from me like i actually don't mind star wars i just
0: I don't think... I think I like, I thought I was a much bigger fan when there was six movies and then when they came up with all this different stuff, I was like, have I really got the fucking bandwidth to play all these games, watch
1: all these shows? I thought, oh, fuck that. I ain't got the bandwidth to do anything like that. How can you me at all? It's yeah, part, got a part-time job at this point.
0: Yeah. Um, <coughs> but yeah, that's it then. Again, I tried to close it out again. We went back Sorry. to the somehow. Someone went back to Star Wars. It all keeps going back to Star Wars. And I don't know if that's your fault or what, but it does. So, yeah, we'll try again. Thanks for listening, guys. If you did enjoy watching the video, then please feel free to subscribe to the channel and like the video. I'm keeping the energy really fucking high here. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. If you are listening on one of the podcast networks, then feel free to subscribe to the channel and give us a five-star review. Is that enough energy for you?
1: I mean it isn't too you go is that enough,
0: <laughs> and also our details underneath if you want to follow us anywhere. Nathan's watched more films than me on Letterboxd right now, so that's a disaster. I need to pick that up. Um but I haven't watched many recently at all. Um we don't know what we're doing next week, do we?
1: Not a fucking clue, because we, <laughs> we don't we don't we don't plan as far ahead as we'd like to. No, that's true. It's fine. So, I, I really want, like, at some point this year, I really want to give you two anime and us do two very popular anime, just because I know you're not an anime guy.
0: That's fine. you have to come up with the categories, though.
1: Do it all. Yeah, that's fine.
0: That's on can, the cards, then. I can do that. Cool. We'll do that at some point. But for now, thanks for watching slash listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And we shall be back very, very
1: soon. Peace out. One one week specifically.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's true.